You're thinking about buying a lotto ticket. Maybe you know that one lucky dreamer won 9.7 million euro last month. And maybe that makes a difference. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you're lucky, you will. Lucky people buy the ticket. The National Lottery. It could be you. Play responsibly, play for fun. I'm Gary. This is Austin. And we are Midwest Mics coming back at you live from the Uclick TV studios right here inside the wonderful High V Arena. Uh, they are still making preparations for a reopen date and getting closer and closer every day. We got Jim up there, as always, making us look and sound good. As you can tell, he did a little renovation in the studio this week, got shelf behind us with a few sports memorabilia items and some books and We'll uh, continue to help that grow as we continue on. Maybe we'll have to ask our, our guests to, to, to drop ship us something from Maine uh, uh, to add to our collection back there. So, uh, But we'll ask him that when he comes on. Yeah. So um, did you have a good week, buddy? Uh, yeah. You had about the uh, – it's like it's weird. It's like uh, through, through this quarantine deal, it's like every week uh, starts kind of being the same kind of week. Where it's like, you know, you know, it's one of those deals where you're like, you know, is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? I don't know. Every day is kind of the same. But, yeah, you know, I did have a good week. Um, you know, same old, same old. So just worked. Spent time with family. Uh, just kind of kind of regular old kind of, you know, sports, you know, grab, grab a hold of sports news when I can. Uh, <clears throat> really not too much coming out of this week. Um, you know, there was a a UFC on Saturday. I didn't, I didn't buy the pay-per-view, but uh, I, no. I actually kept up with it and, Watched like some clips and stuff, so that was kind of cool to see that uh, UFC was kind of get back going. Uh, kind of same thing that WWE is kind of doing with the uh, no crowd, um, so it's kind of a different atmosphere. But it's still kind of cool to see uh, competitive sports kind of getting back at it. Um, I am. We talked about it before. The thing about this whole deal is uh, we just, you know, we know we love to watch sports and we like to participate and we like to to be involved. Um, so you kind of just. You, you, you feel like how much you understand how much you kind of miss it when it's not going on. And so I'm just, I'm ready for it to come back. And, uh, but yeah, it was a good week. How was your week? Man, it was good. It was good. Um, fresh cut. Yeah, I did. I finally got to the barber. As you guys can tell, he texted me last week toward the end of the week and said he was going to do a couple clients that have been waiting. And so it was weird going into the barber shop. You know, it was just me, my barber, um, and then one other barber in the shop and he had, he had one person, he was cutting, uh, hair. And then, uh, there was one guy waiting to take the chair after I got out. So well, about five or six people, usually it's a pretty full shop when I'm in and out of there and, you know, lots of great sports conversations going on. And, but, uh, I thought, I thought, I thought you were trying out for uh, and getting ready for NHL playoff season with that beard, the way it was going. Didn't you oh. Austin? Dude, it was, it was like, <laughs> it was mega. It was like a mega beard going on. I mean, I, as soon as he, as soon as like he gets the cut and I, and like, I think I saw it on like a, I think I saw it on Snapchat where he sent it out and I was like, Holy moly, this dude literally just cut like 10 years. Like, it's like, he looks like <laughs> 10 years younger. 
And it's no knock on the beard. The beard was it was big time. It was glorious. A little bit of gray going on. Yeah. Uh, so when he gets it cut down, you just go, man, who's that? Who's that young guy? Who is that? Gary just time traveled ten years back, and and now he's he's here. So yeah. Uh, so I bet it felt good to get that cut well, though. Did you get any it, calls it from the NHL? Any teams from the NHL with with the way that? <laughs> I mean, man, I'd just put you on the bench with the way that championship beard was. Going, <laughs> beard. It was nice. No, I, I did not get any that's NHL a winter calls. Time beard, man, that's a that's like a that's like a it was spring it was a springtime beard, but that was, that's, was. that's a beard meant for wintertime, man. I know it was, uh, you know, and, and you know, I've, I've grown it out. I've actually had it longer at one point, but you know, usually I keep it kind of like it is now, maybe a little bit longer, but due to the quarantine, we had kind of let it go. And Hey, Hey, you're blocking Goldberg behind you there. Am I? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good week. Um, celebrated some other's day stuff on Saturday instead of Sunday, uh, with my stepmom. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, which is here in Kansas City, and yep. so happy Mother's belated Mother's Day to all the mothers that watch our show, including mine and yours. Yeah, um, and uh, you know my wife is a, a great stepmom to my two daughters. Yep, and I know that uh, your wife is great mom to Mason. So yeah, she you know uh, shout out to all those important women in our lives. Um, you know here off the top of the show. Yeah, I've been working a lot, uh, a lot of crazy hours just because, uh, uh, you know, I, I probably everybody knows I kind of work in re- restaurant uh, work. So uh, my hours are a little bit crazy. So I actually had um, my mother-in-law come in through the clutch. Um, I knew what I wanted to get Christy for Mother's Day. So she kind of came in the clutch and she picked it up for me. And then after work, I, I picked it up from uh, from her house. Um, so it worked out really good. I basically just Christy had mentioned something about patio furniture, which is all good for me because I like being outside. The weather is uh, awesome, and, uh, you know, especially this time of year. Not today with the rain, but um, a lot of times this time of year. So got her some, like, cushions for the for the chairs outside and, like, a rug out there. And she really liked it. And then I had my son Mason uh, make a card for her and stuff. So, um, so yeah, it was a great Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, really, really busy at work, uh, which is cool to be expected. It's our yeah. busiest day. So, um, but, yeah, so happy, happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. So, I mean, they're – most important women in our lives, for sure. Definitely. So we are going to bring in our guest right now. Uh, it is Mike DeVito. Um, he played for the Chiefs from 2013 to 2015. Came in, um, you know, almost right after Andy Reid was hired, and we'll talk a little bit about that and his connection, how he got to Kansas City. Um, played for the Jets before that. But, uh, Mike, welcome into the show today. We appreciate you joining us. Guys, thank you so much for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Um, so, you know, looking on your Wikipedia page, you played college at Maine. You know, that is not a college that we hear of a lot here in the Midwest or, you know, talk to a lot of people from that area. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, kind of where you're from and, and why you ended up uh, there in Maine for college. Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, um, but my family's from New York. I was born in Brooklyn. My my parents are from Brooklyn, and so most of my family's from New York. Uh, grew up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and then uh, uh, chose to go to the University of Maine in 2002. They were one of the only schools that offered me a, a scholarship to come play ball, and so uh, uh, it was an easy choice. Uh, but I love the area so much that I'm actually up here now with my wife and my Two boys, a third on the way, 
Uh, and so we've called, we, we've, we've uh, decided to call Maine our home. I mean, the area is just such an incredible place. Anybody been in New England knows um, how incredible the area is, but uh, we, especially Maine. Maine's a real fun, fun place, fun place to, to uh, raise kids. Um, and so we're enjoying it up here. The only downside, I guess, is uh, when it snows a couple of days ago <laughs> at the beginning of May, uh, you know, you'd rather not have some of that. But, uh, but yeah, no, love it. Love the area. We're right by the college. So I get to, to go by my alma mater and check out the team and get plugged in over there. And yeah, so uh, just enjoying enjoying uh, the uh, retirement up here in, uh, in beautiful northern Maine. Yeah, I have I've heard that you know it is it is beautiful out there. I've personally never never been to the Northeast, so you know. But uh, I've got friends and stuff that have lived out there, and everybody says it's just absolutely beautiful. But I just you know, snow in May is not something that uh, I could get used to. Yeah, no, I don't I don't blame you. I think the older I get, the more arthritis I get, the less I'm liking this cold weather. So. Uh, as much as I love Wayne, uh, Maine, I'm, I'm with you. By the time March rolls around, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that heat to come in. So uh, I get it. Yeah. So, you know, you, you played at Maine, and as we've been kind of talking about, and then went undrafted and were signed by the Jets in 2007. So how what, did you have a connection to anybody there on staff that had seen you play, or, or kind of how, how did that uh, process start? Yeah, so – my uh, my agent, ha- you know, they have these algorithms and different things that uh, take into account um, your most optimal place to make the team, right? So they look at veterans are there and contracts and areas of need uh, for all 32 teams, and they, they plug it into some kind of computer program, and that pops out what your best opportunity is. And so... I didn't end, up getting, didn't end up getting drafted, which actually was really a blessing because I got to choose the most optimal place. And uh, the blessing on top of that was I grew up a Jets fan. Uh, my family's from New York, and so I've uh, been rooting for the Jets my, my whole life. Um, and so it was really, really fun to, to enter into a locker room with guys that I grew up rooting for, you know, Sean Ellis and Chad Pennington, uh, you know, Lavernius Coles, guys like that. It was, uh, it was really amazing. And again, it was really a homecoming for me because my family, again, is from that area. And so I got an opportunity to go back to New York and live in New York, for New York, New Jersey for six years. And my family was at every game. I mean, there wasn't a game where I didn't have three or four cousins and, you know, my dad, my mom, everybody. I mean, it was just it was a lot of fun. So uh, it was really a great place to start my career and to start my career under somebody like Eric Mangini. Uh, Eric Mangini at the time was the head coach and. Uh, anybody knows his style of coaching is very much a, a Bill Belichick style of, of coaching, which is like a micromanaging, looking at every little detail. And, you know, if I would have come into the NFL now uh, under these new rules and these circumstances, I almost certainly wouldn't have made the team. Uh, but when you have a coach like Eric Mangini, who's going to coach you up on every little thing uh, and, you know, OTAs, you're at the facility for 12 hours a day, five days a week. You don't like it when you're going through it, but uh but you certainly learned the game, and that allowed me an opportunity to make the team and and have a nine year career. Yeah, the you know you, you mentioned that he he's a very detailed oriented guy. You know, coming from kind of that Belichick school and uh, you know uh, of coaching there, that's fantastic. You know, I, I coach high school football here in the area, and and more specifically, I coach D line where I'm at now. So 
you know, when I, when I saw that, you know, you were a DN, I was, I was excited about that, you know, to kind of get to talk to somebody who's done it at the highest level. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of fun and I, I have a lot of respect for you. I know, uh, coaching is something that I've, I've dipped my, my toe in the water there. And it's, it's really a completely different talent you. And I think sometimes people think because you played in the game that you automatically be a good coach. And the one thing I've recognized is, uh, that's certainly not the case. Uh, it, it, it takes uh, special talent to be able to convey uh, the information in a way that you know kids can pick it up and and use it on the field, and also to build those relationships as a mentor. I mean, those things aren't aren't easy. They don't come naturally. And just because you played the game doesn't mean you're naturally going to be good at coaching. And so I have a lot of respect for you, especially doing it at that level where kids are looking for mentors and and they need guidance. And so. Uh, so yeah, no, I uh, I hope by the time my my boys get older, I'm uh, <laughs> I've gained some aptitude when it comes to coaching, so I can I can help them a little bit. So the you know getting getting um, you know thanks for that. I I really enjoy what I do. You know I'm at my current school. This will be uh, year six or seven coming up here. So at this school, and I've been doing it about eighteen years. So really enjoy it, but. You know, back to kind of coming into the Jets there, you know, from the inner workings of football, you know, guys that are signed by undrafted free agents, you know, as, as undrafted free agents aren't going to get, you know, the attention of necessarily the coaching staff or, you know, the, the trainers and, and everybody in the organization that your first first round picks get. So, you know, how did you kind of make your mark once once you got your opportunity? Yeah, it's so true, and that's actually one of the reasons why I kept the number 70 because those that know the game of football know 70 is really an offensive line number. And so when I came into the Jets, they gave me number 70 because they figured, well, he's an undrafted guy from Maine. He's probably not going to make the team. And so I took pride in that number and, and kept that number after I made the team. I remember them coming up and asking me, you know, what 90 number do you want after I had made the, the active roster? And I said, no, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping 70. Uh, so you take pride in the fact that you're an undrafted free agent. I think um, uh, the fact that things aren't handed to you, uh, you know, and you're not the first round pick, I think it works in your, your benefit in, in two ways. First, the expectations aren't that high, right? You're not supposed to, to do well. You're not supposed to make the team. And so when you do do well, it really catches people's eye. Um, and then secondly, it forces you uh, to ground. Right. Because nobody's going to give you at the same time, nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You've got to prove yourself. And that grind that, uh, you know, having to prove myself, that was something I kept with me my entire career. And, you know, throughout my entire nine years, every year I approached it like I was an undrafted free agent rookie that needed to make the team. And uh, I really feel like that allowed me the career that I had. One of the reasons that allowed me the career that I had uh, was that I, I kept that lunch pail, you know, hard work ethic mentality throughout my career. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I, I look at it as a, as a real blessing, you know, at the time it hurt, I wanted to get drafted. Uh, but it, the way it worked out was, uh, was incredible. And so, uh, so yeah, obviously I would have liked to cash some of those big checks that those first rounders get, especially back then in 2007, when they actually made a ton of money. Uh, but, uh, but no, but I wouldn't trade my, my story for anything. I, I, uh, really grateful for the opportunities I had and, uh, take pride in the fact that I was an undrafted free agent. We love that. We love that story. We, we like to hear about that, like guys that just kind of uh, grind and, and, and make the team. 
Uh, one thing I wanted to ask about was, uh, what was the transition like going from a uh, going from a Mangini to uh, Rex Ryan? Uh, what's like the biggest difference uh, between like their two styles? Um, because we do know Mangini's more of the you know he's an analyst now, so we see him on TV, um, and he's uh, you, you can see uh, when we talk about he comes from Belichick, you can see those characteristics with him. Or Rex Ryan's more of a uh, kind of a loud personality, uh, kind of the way his father was, and also his, his other brother is too. Uh, what's the biggest kind of difference that happened whenever kind of Rex Ryan took over the team? Yeah, I think that um, when when Rex took over, it was really kind of a shell shock because we were so used to Eric and his system, uh, which again is is very you know micromanaging he's gonna which i which i liked i needed uh uh again i wouldn't have made the team without it um rex is very much you know listen we're just gonna win on sundays and i want to have fun uh, at the facility and so when eric was the coach you know you were showing up to work and it, it was work you know all the time when when rex was the head coach uh you were showing up to work and you were gonna have fun uh you know you were gonna have fun at work and uh you were gonna you know you were gonna enjoy it and you know, there was a there was a relationship with the coaching staff. We were we were really friends with the coaching staff as well, um, and so you had a respect for that. You know, for the coaches as your coaches, uh, but you would also go out to the bar with them on Saturday night, Friday night, and um, hang out with them. And so it really was a fun uh, a fun dynamic. And so uh, I, I I you know I, again my my career I had the whole spectrum of coaches. I had Eric Mangini who's on that one side, that strict micromanaging side. I had Rex on the total opposite end of the spectrum, right? Which is very much kind of do what you want to do. We're just going to win on Sunday. And then I had, you know, Andy Reid, which is right in the middle, right? So yeah. he more hands-on than Rex. Gonna, you know, there's little things, little details that he cared about. At the same time, not as much of a micromanager as, as Eric was. Um, gonna gonna treat you as men and let you do your thing and have fun. And so uh, I think all three styles have their benefits. Uh, and, it, and it was great to, for my career to get to experience all three styles of coaches. And, and again, moving forward, uh, if I ever decide to get into coaching, I'll have three really good examples to, to pull from. Well, I've got a question. You know, we've heard how much, how great the, the Hunt family is and what they've done for the NFL and the AFC. Kind of give you sure, I mean, did you ever have much interaction with them? And, and, and if, when you want to get into coaching, Talk to Coach Gary Carl over there. He can help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the Hunt family is great. And I think that a lot of teams preach the fact that they're a family, right? Everyone's talk about how this is a, you know, it's a family, an organization, the team, uh, the locker room, uh, the media. And uh, I don't think it's lived out any better than in Kansas City. And I think that starts with uh, Mr. Hunt and everybody uh, up top there. They really instill that in us all the way across the board, right? Whether it be the business side of things or the media or the players in the locker room or the coaches, um, they make sure that we recognize that it's a family, that we care about each other, we look out for each other. And those are the, those are the teams that are gonna win. Those are the teams that are constantly gonna be in the playoffs. Those are the teams that are uh, um, gonna be able to overcome adversity. Remember 2015, we started, uh, what was it? One and five yep. and then won 10 in a row. Yep. You know, you can't do that without a team that's a family. And uh, and you see it year in and year out with Kansas City. I mean, the guys love each other. And I, I still talk to those guys over there, like, and they treat me uh, as part of the team. You know, I still talk to the guys over there that I know. And 
Uh, and so that family relationship, that family bond isn't easily broken. Um, and that makes a difference. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and you have all the all-stars that they have. Uh, and now you couple that with the fact that they, that team really cares about each other. And I don't see why they can't, you know, win the Super Bowl every year. I mean, you, uh, D4 didn't go offsides two years ago, and now, you know, you're talking about the second Super Bowl they won this year. So, um, so yeah, i uh, uh grateful to have been a part of that team. And, and Clark Hunt, uh, I'm grateful for him for bringing me over. Uh, and all the, the relationships I've been able to build and keep uh, because of that family philosophy that they, they really preach and live out. Well, I mean, you include Brad G, uh, 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 that whole um, media staff in there, one Arrowhead Drive. But where were you? Um, were you uh, at the Super Bowl, or where were you at? And how how was that? I mean, you, no, you still no, feel- I was home. So I got the two young boys. Uh, so it's hard to get clearance to leave the house for much okay. of anything but grocery shopping. Um, uh, but yeah, but no, I was uh, I was home and uh, rooting for my buddies. I don't think I could have been around people. I, uh, for me, it's hard to watch the game. It's stressful, and I, I don't feel like I'm in control like I used to when I was playing. Uh, it's a lot more stressful for me to watch the games as a, as a fan. And so uh, I wouldn't have been good to be around, uh, especially going into the fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I was, uh, I was home and uh, on the couch just kind of uh, chewing on my fingernails. I think I'm still recovering from chewing on my fingernails, but uh, – but yeah, no, I, I didn't end up going down there um, to to Florida. Uh, but you know what? I think with these guys again, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a couple opportunities here in the future to to get to the Super Bowl. Well, I don't know about you guys, but it was a fun ride through the playoffs. But I don't want that kind of heart attack season again. Do you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, let's rewind a little bit. You know, you were talking about your time in Kansas City. We were talking a little before the show about how you got here, but why don't you share with the viewers kind of your story of, of leaving the, the Jets and then transitioning and coming and signing with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, so my um, defensive coordinator my first couple of years in New York and then uh, linebackers coach my last few years was uh, Bob Sutton. And so when uh, Coach Reed came over to Kansas City from Philly, uh, he took Bob with him to be, obviously, to be his defensive coordinator. And Bob and and Andy brought me along. I I was going into my free agent year 2013, so I was a free agent from the Jets. And and, uh, um, Bob brought me along out there to Kansas City with him to help install that defense and and get things going. And so that was really fun. And I take a lot of pride in the fact that we were there from from day one, you know, and uh, building the foundation um, and being a part of that, and just a small part of that. I mean, when you look at the leaders that were already in that locker room, uh, guys like Eric Berry and Derek Johnson and Justin Houston and Tom Bahali, uh, man, it was a fun locker room to be a part of, to go in and see all those legends in there and how selfless and humble they were. Um, so it was really an incredible, incredible you know, time in my career to get to be around those guys. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a lot of fun out there in Kansas City and Outside of 2014, uh, you know, we were in the playoffs every year. And so uh, when you're in that Kansas City fan base, too, I mean, the fan base is just like nothing I've ever been around. They, they're incredible. And so to get Kansas City from a 2-14 and 14 season to a 11-5 and five and in the playoffs and then constantly doing that, and then right after I leave, they're back-to-back-to-back-to-back AFC West champions, then they win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just uh, – uh, it's incredible to see the 
progression and how things have taken off from those first couple of years. And so proud to have been a part of it. Uh, one thing I, uh, I've talked about um, is uh, how the Chiefs kind of changed, um, changed with kind of the mindset and, and, and kind of where they were at. Um, so before you got here, like you said, two and fourteen, um, we had a uh, uh, our general manager was Scott Pioli, head coach Romeo Crennel. We had gone from Todd Haley before, um, kind of uh, just kind of all over the place, and we kind of knew that uh, Pioli was uh, also kind of from the. Uh, kind of the Patriots background uh, Clark Hunt was trying to kind of recreate what the Patriots had going on and, and kind of that mindset and, and all that stuff. What, what is one of the main kind of, I don't know, characteristics or, or driving forces that you, that, that happens that you can actually take a two and 14 team and the next year win 11 games and make the playoffs. I mean, cause we know what happened. We bring guys like you in, we bring in, um, we take out Matt Castle. We bring in Alex Smith, I mean, is it as simple as just kind of bringing in uh, veteran guys that kind of just know what it takes to win? Honestly, I, I have to put it on the coaching staff. The, the guys were there. I mean, when you look at the Pro Bowl, I don't know, that year and the year after, I mean, it was all, it was all Kansas City Chiefs players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, again, you had all those guys on defense. Uh, you had um, – I mean, it was just the team was stacked. Dwayne Bow. I mean, everybody was in the locker room. You know, you had pro bowlers all over the place. So I think it was just right in the ship and, and getting things in the right direction. I think bringing in a leader like Alex Smith uh, obviously helps uh, big time. You know, you, you need a leader like that, especially at the quarterback position. And his ability to, uh, to you know, eat up the clock and, and make plays and, and get the offense going, uh, that, that's obviously incredibly important. But I think for the most part, the, the central core of that team was there. It was just about Andy Reid bringing in his winning philosophy. And I've never been around anybody that's so systematic in their approach that you know, by the way, he goes about things, that he knows how to win. Uh, he knows what it takes to win. So it's easy to follow him. And I think that you see that coming in, you know, usually the first year with a new coach, you have some some speed bumps and you're getting used to a new system and and, you know, Coach Reed comes in 2013 and we go 9-0 and in the first nine games. You know, I mean, it's just he's an easy guy to follow. Guys buy in quickly. And so, again, the unit was, the, the unit was there. The central core unit was there. It was just about, you know, getting things pointed in the right direction. Andy Reed and his, his coaching staff did that, and they did it quick. Yeah, Andy Reed, you know, coming over from, from Philadelphia, and a lot of people had said, you know, media-wise that, you know, he was a guy who just kind of couldn't get over that hump. You know, in Philly, had made four straight NFC championships. You know, went to one Super Bowl, lost to a good New England team um, that year. But they, you know, he had a winning philosophy there there in Philadelphia. And so, in the NFL, as a player, is any – I mean, I know you guys hear that because, you know, you hear different stuff. But do, do you guys ever buy into anything like that, that a coach just can't get you over that hump? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think uh, you know somebody had put out a meme or, or something uh, like that where you were where they showed all the quarterbacks representing the AFC from the year two thousand to the year like two thousand nineteen, uh, and outside of Joe Flacco, it was Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, so. You're, you need a you need a quarterback you you need and you need a uh, a quarterback on that level, 
to, to get you there. And so uh, coaching goes so far, and Andy Reid's is as good as they get. Uh, but if you don't have that, that caliber of quarterback, it becomes very difficult, especially in the AFC with those guys, um, to, uh, to make it to the Super Bowl or, and, or win the Super Bowl. And so bring, get, finally getting Patrick Mahomes uh, in that Andy Reid system, I mean, that's you see with all those weapons, I mean, that's deadly. We're about to go through this schedule, and, you know, it's when you look at the matchups one-on-one, barring any injuries, I, don't, I just I don't see – a team that can compete with this team. And again, it goes into all the factors I talked about, the family, the family factor, the fact that I know that everybody in that locker room cares about each other. Andy Reid and his philosophy and coaching style is better than anybody. And you got Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons. Uh, you know, when you, when you get that combination of things, it's, it's deadly, but, but you need everything. You know, there isn't just one secret special sauce, right? I mean, the coach can only do so much. The players got to play on Sunday. Um, and so, uh, so Kansas City's done a great job of putting all the elements you need to to win together. Yeah, and and I'm you know one thing I always try to preach you know to to our guys at the D line is you know control what you can control. But I know as people, how much easier is it you know to go out there and and try to make bigger plays or to play if you know you have a Patrick Mahomes type quarterback or an Alex Smith you know, over there that's not going to turn the ball over and he's going to he's gonna do the things and he can make some miraculous plays. How much easier is it to go do your job knowing that the offense kind of has your back? Yeah, I, it, it makes a massive difference. I think back to the two years, 2009, 2010, when I was with the Jets and we went to back-to-back AFC championship games. And that was a year, those were two years that our offense was, was on fire. Um, and I remember you you can let it hang loose a little bit. You know, you can, like you were saying, you can let it rip a little bit because you know, hey, we're okay. You know, we're, we're good. We'll, uh, if, if we uh, take a shot and miss, the offense will, the offense will make up for it. Uh, but then, you know, 2011, 2012 comes, and our offense with New York had 52 interceptions, I think, over those two years. <sighs> and so that, that is really ugly. You know, I, I remember talking to the defensive players and we were talking about telling Rex just to let us stay on the field because we were getting tired running to the sideline and then having to run it right back out because the offense turned it over, you know? Mm-hmm. So getting to go from that to Alex Smith in Kansas City was incredible. I mean, that offense eats up 11 minutes at a, you know, at a clip. So uh, it, it was, and you knew he wasn't going to turn the football over. You knew he was going to make the plays he needed to make. He was going to get first downs that you were going to be able to rest that you're going to be able to look at the plays and, and study what the what your opposing offense was doing. Uh, that gives you a ton of confidence. Having Patrick Mahomes and that offense, I don't know what that's like. I mean, <laughs> I would do whatever the hell I wanted to do because, I mean, I would. who cares? You, they can get up 24 points, and our offense could catch up in, in three minutes. Yeah. I mean, who cares? Do whatever you want. Blitz everybody. I mean, <laughs> take shots. I, I, this is, I don't know. I mean, that, I don't know what it's like to have a, t- a talent like that, a quarterback, with the offensive line and the skill position that you have. And not to mention Dave Tobe's special teams that are also going to going get your back on, on all these situations. I, you know, I might have had 10 sacks just because I would have passed for us every play. I mean, run the football. Who cares? <laughs> run as many times as you want. We're going to score in 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I wish I would have gotten an opportunity to play 
on an offense like that. But I'm sure those guys can uh, just get out there and have confidence and let it let it hang loose, knowing that their offense can again score 30 points in 25 seconds. Have you uh, have you talked to che- or to uh, um, Alex Smith since the accident or much since then? And uh, that was a uh, that the little documentary they did on his re- rebuilding year of his of his leg was pretty emotional and one of the top rate, rated uh, things for the wrong reasons obviously but it was uh, that was quite a brutal accident yeah you know I haven't talked to Alex I, I should reach out to him I'm sure he had you know I'm sure he's hard to get in touch with um, he probably has everybody calling him but um, that documentary really gave you insight into the type of person that he is and I think everybody knew it and you saw the competitor he was and you saw the humility, even at the quarterback position. You really can't see two in a row now with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. The thing I, one of the things I find so impressive about those guys is they're, they're incredibly humble uh, and hardworking. And you don't, you don't always get that at the quarterback position. And so, uh, but I gave you some insight in the type of man he is uh, and the type of person he is behind the scenes. And so Alex is just one of the, you know, just top-notch pets guys I've ever been around and grateful for the opportunity to play with him. And uh, you see the competitive nature that he has. I mean, I don't know what the extent of that injury is going forward, but if anybody can get back from that, he can. Well, and that was a great locker room. I mean, from the offensive standpoint, from the quarterback standpoint, back in the that that era, um, you had you know Chase Daniel, Mizzou guy, um, big popular guy there, backup role done well. Have you been on his podcast yet? But anyway, I mean, you know, Chase was a great guy too. Yeah, Chase is the best. I haven't been on there, man, but I, I need to shoot him a text and say, "Hey, man, get me on." But he, he has all the he has all the superstars on there, so uh, I think I'd be I'd be at the end of the line on that that podcast. But Chase is, uh, you're right. I mean, to have a backup quarterback like him, another leader in the locker room, and that that's saying something with a with a backup quarterback, but somebody that the guys all looked up to. The way Chase approached the game, uh, even knowing that he probably wasn't going to get in, I mean, he approached every game. Like he was the starting quarterback, and if you looked at his notebook, I mean, he would have detailed notes, uh, all these three ring binders full of pages and notes, uh, getting ready for the game, and he would know his the defense he was playing inside and out, and the chances of him getting in were were, were obviously very slim, uh, but he takes his role seriously, and I think that's why, uh, again, I saw another meme pop up on Twitter about how you know he started five games and he's made fifty million bucks or something. Yeah, because he's he is uh, he's a true professional and a guy that uh, takes the game incredibly seriously and is a leader in the locker room, even at the backup quarterback position, which is saying a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's that's what you want in your backup quarterback. You know, you you want a guy that as a player, you know, that, that, you know, you can rally around if if something does happen to your starter. But, you know, at the same time, it's kind of a, a double edged sword. You know, sometimes they say that. The most popular guy in town is the backup quarterback, but he's a backup for a reason. So, you know, it's good to hear you talk about that and, and that locker room and, you know, you and those other veterans on defense we know were keys, huge keys to rebuilding this organization and getting to the level to where, you know, we could win win the Super Bowl this year and, you know, we're a play away from going the year before. I, I saw something, um, I forget who tweeted or put it out on Facebook, one of the media guys was saying that this could be the next last chance uh, um, 
documentary kind of like the Bulls with, with the Chiefs. They could be the next one to fill this role with how, um, you know, Mahomes is not easy to play for. I mean, he gets mad. He'll get in your face like Jordan did. Some similarities there, don't you think, Mike? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting comparison. I think in this, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that part. I, I would have to look, pay attention more, pay attention more, pay more attention to that. But I think it could be in the sense that if this team can keep this group of guys together, uh, I don't, I just don't know who can stop them. I mean, you really have, Patrick Mahomes has shown you he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, if not the greatest. I mean, if there's anybody that can take over Tom Brady's spot, uh, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's and he's proven that he he could be the guy that does that. And so I think you really are, barring any injuries or any kind of free agent or, or you know, or guys getting lost in, in free agency, uh, which Kansas City has always done a great job. I mean, since since Andy Reid has been there, keeping that locker room fairly similar, keeping the same guys there because he recognizes that cohesiveness and how important it is to keep the locker room similar if you can. If you can keep all those guys together, I don't. I mean, even if you keep two or three of those guys every year with Mahomes, yeah, I don't. I don't see who's beating them. I just don't. I just don't know who can beat them. How many so, more years do you think Andy's got left now? I mean, before Patrick, probably not as many. But how many? I mean, he could go forever now. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think when you got Patrick Mahomes, you don't. And you don't leave that. I mean, I, I think you stay as. As, as long as he's playing, you stay unless, unless something happens off the field or there are other you know circumstances that would cause you to cause him to retire. Um, he I, Andy Reid loves the game of football. I mean, this is a guy that goes to bed at one o'clock and is in the facility at four in the morning. I remember uh, first yeah. guy, the you know, first guy <laughs> in, the last guy to leave, and he's the most important guy uh, you know in the building. So he loves the game of football. Outside outside of anything crazy happening outside of the locker room, outside of that facility. You got Patrick Mahomes. I think you you stay right there. I mean, I, I can't imagine why he would would want to leave. Well, um, I don't know if you were here or remember whenever there was a death out in the parking lot. Some guys got in a, guy got in the wrong car and got beat up and died, and it was the, the whole place was shut down because one ex- exit out of Arrowhead was down. And I was sitting there waiting on my wife to get in because I rode in with somebody else to come pick me up, and she couldn't get in. And I, so I was sitting there talking to the sheriffs, and they're like, if Andy doesn't hurry up and get out of here, we're going to leave him because <laughs> that is Andy. He does mm-hmm. not get out of there until late, late, late. It, it's so true. I mean, when I say it, it's, yeah, it's, it's honestly, he leaves the facility late, and he'll get in at 4, 4.30 in the morning. I mean, he just he loves the game of football, and – He's going to be there getting ready for whatever it is uh, he needs to get ready for. And as a player, that's really motivating. You know, when you know your coach is in there all day, every day, it's easy to say, hey, we got to put in the extra effort because, you know, you know the coaching staff from the top down is doing that. Uh, so we go, I've got to go out there and play for these guys because they're giving us everything they got. Uh, and so, again, another one of those things that Andy Reid leads, leads by example in his philosophy, the way that trickles down to the rest of the organization um, uh, that plays a major factor in their success. So let's um, let's transition now and talk about the schedule. It was released last Thursday um, evening to you know our nationwide audience. As a player, what was kind of the the first thing you started to look at as you got the schedule? You know, you always look at the opening game. I think that that's the one. 
that you're going to spend the most time talking about. Now, those guys aren't in OTAs right now. They're, they're not together as a team, and so uh, maybe not as much. But, but you know, that first game on the schedule, that, that's the thing. That's what everybody's looking at that game, you know. And so training camp becomes about getting prepared for that game. The summer's about preparing for that game. Um, OTAs is about preparing for that game. I mean, you'll take time just to prep for, for Houston. And so you look at that first game, and you say, okay, you know, that's – that's the kickoff. That that's the kickoff game. That's a game we're going to be ready for, uh, and and everybody knows about how important it is to start the season off fast. I mean, when you look look at the statistics about teams that go zero and one, zero and two, their relative chances of getting to the playoffs after losing, you know, the first one, first two, they start dropping significantly. Mm-hmm. And so, starting the season fast and winning that that opening game, especially a opener in prime time against Houston. Uh, that's a that's a that's an awesome way to kick off the season. So you're going to be looking at that game, you know, chomping at the bits, getting ready to to play Houston and and, and get the season going in the right direction. Uh, and you're also looking at when the bye week is. I'm not sure. I'm looking now when their bye uh, week. Week ten. Is. You want to pay attention. Ten. What week is it? Week ten. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You want that thing as as far to the end as you can get, because uh, that way you get you get re-upped and you, you're feeling good. Uh, going in the last part of the season, the last thing you want is that thing week four, week five. That's that's not a great time to have a bye week. So you, so you look at that, and then you're studying the teams that you don't normally play, right? So this year they got the NFC, the Bucks playing the Saints, playing the Panthers. Those guys, um, you're going to start looking at those teams that you don't normally get a chance to to play and see, you know, okay, what are these teams made out of? What do their rosters look like? Um, but outside of that, you know, it's it's really it's really week one and the bye week that you're looking at as, uh, you know, the most important things that you're focusing on when the schedule comes out. Okay, so I mean, say, do we want to go ahead and uh, get to it? Go ahead and start breaking down this Chiefs schedule. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. You read? Oh, Jim's throwing up a graphic here. Thanks, um, thanks to the NFL Network. Look at thanks yeah. to the NFL Network uh, uh, with the, you know, it looks like. Uh, is that just the last three times they've played the Texans? Yeah. Okay. Starting in 2018 and 19 and 2020. Okay. So Houston won um, 17-10, 31-24, and then we we remember fondly the 51-31 game uh, just last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Wait, man. The, wait, 2018-7. I don't remember that 17-10 game. Well, I don't think the NFL network's wrong. <laughs> so, all right. Wait, wait, wait. well, that, so that's the last three times, you know, obviously September 10th, the Chiefs open in prime time, you know, the NFL continuing the tradition of the Super Bowl champions opening the season on a Thursday night in prime time. So, uh, Mike, what's your, what's your thoughts on that? You know, this is an important game as a player because it's hard to mimic um, the speed of, of a regular season game, and especially the first game. The first game plays very much like a playoff game. The game is very fast. And so this is a, uh, this is a game where you're going to want to look at your rookies, your young guys that are in pivotal spots to see, okay, how do they play under the lights when things are going full speed? Um, so that's the one thing you're paying attention to. Like I said before, you got to start fast. And this is a great game to do it. You're at home in Arrowhead against a team that I guarantee you knows that you scored 
you know, remembers that you scored 24 points against them in, in 10 seconds. And they're, uh, I think you, this is a team that you can get them, you can get them down quick. Uh, if, if you get up on them, this is a team that's going to fall because that's, that's got to still hurt. And they can say, well, we're going to use it as motivation. But I think that's one of those soul-snatching statistics. Like, this team is just too good. Um, and so look for, for them, for, obviously, for Houston to come in and want to start fast. But you're at home with that same Super Bowl championship team that you had last year um, and, you know, looking to, to start a season out fast. Uh, I think Kansas City comes out and just romps these guys. I mean, they get up one or two scores, and I think this team will pack it in because a lot of the guys will recognize and remember from the year before the type of uh, explosive offense that they're going against. No, I love that. I love that take. I mean, I think that uh, I think the Texans. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with them right now. Uh, uh, O'Brien's kind of made some questionable decisions as far as some of their personnel uh, with D Hop getting traded. Uh, for David Johnson uh, and just some of the other stuff going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think coming in, coming in Arrowhead, I think, uh, you know, I think the chiefs will come out ahead on this. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're going to uh, beat them, beat them that bad. We'll see. Um, the Texans for me are a really good team just cause Watson. And uh, I actually do think Bill O'Brien's a good coach as general manager. I'm not sure. Um, but I, but I do think chiefs come out ahead on this uh, season opener in the crowd. The crowd's going to be insane. Um, it's going to be like, I mean, the, the, the crowd is going to be like, it's going to be a top 10 crowd that you've ever been to if you can make it to this game um, because they're going to be all about it. Um, so it's an exciting thing. One thing I want to say about that graphic I got thrown up, I mean, Jim kind of talked about it. I think that, that third game back, that was a 17 10, that was a preseason game. I think the game before that, the Chiefs actually won, uh, was a playoff game with Alex Smith. Um, so I just want to, I just want to put it out there in the last three games. I think we're two and one against the Texans. Okay. Gary, what's your hot take on that game? You know, I, I mean, I, I don't see the chiefs losing this game at home. I mean, I've, I've been to Arrowhead, Mike, you've played in Arrowhead. It is a very unique venue, uh, for big time football. And this is going to be about as big time as it can get. I mean, the Super Bowl champions open at home in prime time. And especially with, you know, this quarantine the way it is, you know, we, we don't know exactly when we're going to get to have a huge gathering. And so the longer this quarantine goes on, I mean, I, I think the bigger that event grows, that home opener at Arrowhead, I mean, kicking off the NFL season, because you're going to get you're going to get people that are going to try to travel to Kansas City just because that's the first game of the NFL season that aren't Chiefs fans and aren't Houston fans but just want to go to the NFL opener. And so I, I think there's I, – I, in my mind, I don't see a way the Chiefs lose this game. So um, week two, traveling to Los Angeles, uh, Chargers uh, the in the afternoon time slot. You know, they are going to open – the Chargers at least open their uh, new stadium, um, SoFi Stadium. It, it actually opens week one with the Dallas Cowboys at the L.A. Rams. But first Chargers home game in that. So, uh, Mike, quickly uh, talk about your your take here, division game, opening their stadium. Are you there, Mike? 
All right, we may have lost our guest. We'll uh, I'll we'll start. Check. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Why don't you well, go Jimmy, start. I'll start breaking it down. Uh, Chargers are rolling in. Um, so first of all, I want to say it's uh, Chiefs and it's Andy Reid and it's a division game. Um, so every time that happens, you got to think like the Chiefs have a nice uh, shot at winning because one thing Andy Reid's done since he's come in is Andy Reid's taking care of division games. Um, his, I don't know. I don't have his uh, win loss record on division. Uh, you know, on hand or anything, but it's, I mean, it's significant, and we win the AFC West. Uh, I think we've won the AFC West uh, every year except for once uh, since Andy Reid's been here. Um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I'll say this, the Chargers are going in basically with uh, moving on from Phillip Rivers, uh, going with a new starting quarterback, which actually they're saying they're going to start Tyrod Taylor, um, which I'm not scared of Tyrod Taylor. Um, and, I, and as far so – just being that Chargers, Tyrod Taylor, and uh, just how well the uh, Chiefs do typically against division opponents, I actually will take the Chiefs on this one. Also, I think it'll be a close game um, because their defense is really good. Uh, but I'll take the Chiefs on this one as well. All right, so Mike, are you back now? We got you. Yes, I'm sorry. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, we got you. Um, technical difficulties there. But uh, so I, I was just – I don't know if you heard me talking about intro to the Chargers, you know, them opening their new stadium. I don't know. You know, as an NFL player, is, is opening a stadium a big deal? Yeah, I think it is a big deal. I did it in New York, right? So you've got the same fan base. I don't know what it's like doing it, uh, switching, you know, switching fan bases. I mean, L.A. still in L.A., but – but uh, you obviously still got the uh, the fan base growing out there, um, so I, I don't. I'm not. It's not that big of a deal. But, but uh, you know, there is some extra excitement, some extra hype. I think at this game, the biggest thing is to remember that this team doesn't have because no teams have OTAs and mini camps and summer programs, and so that becomes very difficult when you have a new quarterback coming in, like Tyrod Taylor or that first round pick that they got. Um, it's very hard for them to to come in. You know, they, they have no way to get in there to get, get ready with the wide receivers and get used to their offensive line and get cadences down. So teams that have either young quarterbacks or new quarterbacks, they're really at a diff- disadvantage this year, uh, and especially to start the season off, right, where you have San Diego mm-hmm. week two. Um, you're going to have a team that's still trying to figure out how to operate with a new quarterback. Um, and so I think this is a massive advantage to be able to play these guys early in the season because I can't imagine by week two they're going to have ironed out all the kinks, uh, not having the offseason program to get their quarterbacks ready to play in that offense. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. That, that That's a point that you know I brought up just as, as a coach myself. I know when you have a lot of pieces, you're changing in and out. I mean, especially at the quarterback position, uh, you know, it, it's hard to kind of get that team chemistry down. And when, you know, you're having, having to do it virtually right now and you're not able to be on the field in OTAs, it, it is going to make things more difficult on everyone. So, again, I, I think the Chiefs start 2-0, and you know, at L.A. I, I just feel like that the Chargers are at a huge disadvantage with Kansas City pretty much bringing back their entire offense and the Chargers having – a new piece at quarterback, you know, not to mention the other positions, but they're, they're going to have a new quarterback regardless because, you know, Phillip Rivers has moved on. So, 
Uh, week three. Hold uh, on, hold on, oh, oh. Mike. Uh, so whenever you were on the defensive line and you, you saw Philip Rivers, did you picture him in his media bola and just say, "I want to yank that bola off your head"? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a fun guy. To, he's such a competitor, and he's a crap talker at quarterback, as everybody yeah. knows. So uh, I enjoyed. I really enjoyed playing against uh, uh, Philip Rivers. And I think he's still. I think he's still got some in the tank. I think he'll do well. Um, uh, but but yeah, I'm glad he's out of there because I think again, this is it is tough to be going into this season without an established veteran at, at quarterback. And so I love nothing better than see the Chargers lose. Yeah, week week three is a big game. You know, at Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is a, another one of those teams with a young quarterback in in Jackson that some people you know are saying that could be a face of the AFC for the next, you know, 10 years or whatever it is. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I, I don't think that he is better than Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I do, as a fan, I enjoy watching Lamar Jackson play in these Raven teams. So, And that, uh, is, a, that is a primetime game. It is a primetime Monday night game. You know, so national TV audience, Chiefs coming home from L.A. and then traveling to Baltimore the following week. You know, the back-to-back travel weeks, is that tough as a player? Yeah, that is difficult. Uh, it's a little bit easier when you're in the you know the middle of the country like Kansas City is. I remember being with the Jets and having to travel uh, to the West Coast. And then, you know, so you're traveling six hours, the plane, then you come home, and then you got to go to Miami or something like that. You know, uh, that's a little bit more difficult. Uh, being, being in the middle of the country helps. But if you look at one game on the schedule that you say – Okay, if there's one that they that, that they could lose, it could be this one. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team that's got a great defense, established quarterback that can run the ball. I mean, does a lot of what Patrick Mahomes does. Not as good, but a competitor. Mm-hmm. Good offensive line. Um, uh, you know, a solid, solid football team in their place at in prime time. So if there are any game that you said, okay, right you this would be the only game you know this one and maybe tampa bay this is not uh the distance is a little bit closer between these two teams than kansas city versus anybody else yeah definitely um you know when when i look at it when the schedule first came out and you know i'm kind of glancing through at at first glance this is definitely a game that i kind of circled that i'm like man not not only do i as a fan i want to watch this game i want to sit down and and watch it because i think it'll be a really good football game but two, it it's one that you know not not that I see the Chiefs going there and losing, but it's definitely a possibility, you know that that you have to say. I mean, it's easy to to sit here and go, oh man, the Chiefs are going to go sixteen and zero, and they're defending Super Bowl champs. They're going to do it again. But I mean, you, you know, from playing in the league so long, when you play the defending Super Bowl champs, you want to prove your worth because that's the measuring stick yeah. at the time. And so, you know, Baltimore is one of those teams that fell short last year, and so. They're going to say, hey, we got home on a Monday night against Super Bowl champions, and they're going to be pumped up, and they're going to be ready to go. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's something that uh, you bring up that I, I think is worth noting is that you're right. The tar- you, you got the bullseye on you now. Uh, you're, the super- you're, you're going to get everybody's best, best shot. You're the Super Bowl champion. Uh, and you probably got a team that thinks – if they would have got you in the playoffs last year, they might have been able to beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that the Ravens team is a team that thinks they should have been 
in the Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get their best shot definitely at their place. Um, uh, and so that'll be a good game to see. Okay, is is Kansas City the same team? Which I which I really believe they are. But what what caliber team do we have this year? And I think that'll be one of those that'll be one of those prove them games. Let let's see if this still is the championship team that you guys were a year ago. Yeah, most definitely. Then week four, the Chiefs are back home, and you get the New England Patriots. Uh, you know they they had some guy at quarterback for you know like the last fifteen <laughs> years that that I think he was pretty good. Um, how, many, how many sacks did you have on him, Mike? Can you believe I played him fourteen times and I I never sacked him? <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so he, that's one of those uh, uh, awkward silence moments. Yeah, um, you know, he, he in, in my opinion, you know, he, he's the greatest quarterback to to play the game. And you know, maybe I didn't see some of those old older guys play, but he, he's the best guy to to do it in my opinion. But he's no longer in New England. Um, you know, they do still have Bill Belichick, who I, I think is the greatest coach uh, to ever do it. But uh, they'll be coming to Kansas City week four. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this one? You know, this is one of those ones that I'm, I'm in the camp that thinks that Tom Brady was much more responsible for their success than Bill Belichick was. Okay. And so I, I'm not worried that Bill Belichick is still the, uh, the head coach. Uh, I'm worried about playing Tom Brady on Sundays. With Tom Brady out of there and that the young kid that they have, I mean, they didn't get a, a star quarterback, but they, they kept the young kid that they have there. They say they like him. Again, we're still early season, right? This is what, week four now? Mm-hmm. Week four, yes. Still early in the season with a young player who hasn't had OTAs, who hasn't had mini camp, who's going to have a, you know, a just training camp to get ready. Now three week, three games, and he's playing the Super Bowl champions. Um, and trying to live up to that Tom Brady – uh, that Tom Brady level, that Tom Brady standard that's been set. I, I don't see New England being that great. I, I really don't. Not, not this year. Um, I really think 95% of their success, well, maybe I shouldn't say that much, but I think that a, a, a vast, the vast majority of their success is due to Tom Brady and not Bill Belichick. All right. Well, you, you and I differ there. I, th- I think they about – equally share the success you know if not a little more to the coach and maybe that's the coach in me you know wanting wanting to kind of give him a little more credit but you know I, I still think that Andy Reid uh, is, is a really good coach and he's gonna know the importance of this game because it is the New England Patriots even though they've lost Tom Brady you know everybody's still gonna say this is the New England Patriots and this is Bill Belichick mm-hmm. so you know he, he's gonna know the importance of it and especially, you know, having a tough road game the week before, coming back home to Kansas City, I mean, I, I think Andy Reid will have his team ready to go. Yeah, I would have to think so, too. Uh, looks like the Patriots are going to probably start. Uh, Stidham uh, is probably going to be their starting quarterback um, instead of, you know, obviously instead of Brady. And then really uh, Cam Newton hasn't really got looked at by them. I think they've kind of said they're 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 moving on without Cam. Um, so I mean, I have to say it's it's going to be a W. Um, I've seen actually some projections on on what the Patriots are going to do this year, and and the projections go anywhere from from uh, six to eight wins, um, just because they're 
they're actually uh, salary cap wise they're not in a great spot either um so i mean i think this is actually is a, and it's a home game so i think it's a w for the chiefs then staying home here in Kansas. yeah you make a good point andy go ahead oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you. no go ahead andy reed is not going to have um is not going to have these guys looking past anybody Right, so that's another another real benefit of playing for an Andy Reid team, um, and it's something that Belichick has always done really well. Is whether Owen Owen fifteen or uh, fifteen and one, uh, he or fourteen and one, he's not overlooking you. He he's making sure that the team is ready to play everybody the same way, respecting everybody the same way. Uh, and so, as much as every team is going to give Kansas City their best shot, Kansas City is isn't going to come out there and. And just throw out the towel and say, well, we're the Super Bowl champions, so everybody roll over. Um, that's not how Andy Reid does it. So I think that's a good point. He's going to have those guys ready to play, and he's going to treat New England. It's Tom Brady still at the helm. Definitely. Um, next game is the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, another team changing locations uh, after the year. This game is at home again. So you got back-to-back home games for the Chiefs uh, week five here, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts here? I'm thinking about when I was saying changing, uh, changing fan bases. Um, I, it's the Raiders. I mean, you hate these guys. You absolutely hate <laughs> these guys. How, how did you, uh, how did you feel about them before you got to the chiefs? I, I, you still don't like, I mean, it's, it's the, <laughs> you know, there were 31 teams I was I wanted to play for. If, there, if it would have been the Raiders, I would have had to decide if I wanted to play football or choose a different occupation if it came down to signing with the Raiders. I mean, it's just not a team uh, I would have wanted to be a part of. Um, but Because you, you just hate them. You hate them. Uh, and, and they live up to it. And you, you love it. Right? They, they live up to that persona as being the, the nasty, gritty Raiders. And I remember I had one teammate who compared playing the Raiders to – like going in, into a first century Coliseum and as a gladiator, you know, and, and fighting and, and something like that. Um, so those games are always a lot of fun. But when you, when you look at Kansas City, I just, again, outside of Baltimore, how are you going to slow these guys down? I don't care if you put them in Las Vegas, you put them in Europe, you put them in China, it don't matter. Kansas City, there's just, there's just no slowing them down. Uh, and the fact that it's the Raiders, it's your rival, you, you, you hate them more than anybody else in the division. Um, uh, as long as Kansas City isn't isn't asleep at the wheel, I just don't see any matchup difficulties. I mean, across the board, I think you're the better team here. Um, so, so, yeah, Derek Carr's still got to prove himself. Uh, you've, you've seen some stuff from the offseason that they might not be totally in on Carr. And so, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I'm not too worried about this one. I'm going to have to kind of agree with that, too. Um, you can see we have the graphic up uh, for the last three games. Um, I mean, the the, the smallest margin of, of victory is 18. Um, one thing it is, is is the division game. Uh, like I said before with the Chargers, Andy Reid takes care of the division. Uh, however it is, he did it in Philly. He, did, he does it here in KC. Um, he takes care of the division. And then, like you said, the uncertainty with the Raiders – um, with with Derek Carr, whether or not they really feel like he's actually their guy going forward or whatever, um, he, it'll be Gruden's. It's his third year, right? Yeah, third year uh, with Gruden. So this is kind of the in, in Death Star, Starship, or whatever the Star Trek or yeah. Star Wars 
This game, this game's at home, though, right? No, I'm saying, but this, this is the home game, yeah. But this is a big year for for. <laughs> I would say uh, even you know, and we'll have at Vegas later um, in a few weeks. But I'd say both of them at this point. I can't I can't pick the Raiders um, to 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 win. Like you said, as far as matchups and stuff go, I can't see it. Uh, I've seen the, those last three games we're looking at. I see Derek Carr just kind of fall apart uh, when we're playing against them especially when they get behind, um, you know, so I mean, I got, the, I got the chiefs winning this one too. It's so easy to pick the chiefs to win like every single game. <laughs> so I'm trying not to fall in that trap, but I really do not see the Raiders winning this game. The, yeah. the NFL season's tough, right? You're always going to come across bumps in the road. There'll be injuries. There'll be, there'll be different things that go on. Yep. There's, there's those games where you come out slow, you come out sloppy. One of your phases isn't playing well. And so it's hard to account for those games. Uh, you know they're going to pop up at some point, mm-hmm. but just when you're just looking at this theoretically, looking at rosters and comparing week to week, I mean, you have to outside of Baltimore, you have to give them the just the, the more than just the edge. I mean, they're just the, the more dominant team yeah. in ninety percent of these matchups. So I I don't know how you. I mean, outside of just well, a team can't possibly go sixteen and zero, so you got to put right. a loss in there somewhere. Yep. I mean, where do you where do you put the loss? You know. Oh, I'll mm-hmm. say this: I'm actually uh, exactly what you're talking about is why like the next game we have coming up so uh, is October 15th. So it's a short turnaround, and we play Buffalo at at Buffalo. I'm actually going to go ahead and pick the. Uh, uh, I'll go ahead and say Buffalo uh, w- beats us there, um, playoff team on the road, and because we we're not going to go 15 and one, no matter how I I look at this, or 14 and two. Uh, we're gonna have a, a another road loss. Um, Buffalo, actually, if you're if you're looking to say, hey, where are the Chiefs gonna go? If the Chief, if you really feel like the Chiefs are gonna go twelve and four, thirteen and three, you know, like, where's gonna be that third loss, that fourth loss? At Buffalo is a is a is a good pick, um, just because really, really a uh, uh, good coaching staff, um, winning team, uh, really good defense. Um, so I'll go ahead and say the Chiefs somehow uh, do not win in Buffalo. And you know what? I'm I'm not even convincing myself, honestly. But I'm going to go ahead and say Buffalo wins this game because it's not. If it was like November, December, super cold, terrible weather, you know, easier to pick Buffalo. But I'll go ahead and say Buffalo wins this game. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Well, and it's it's. I think the third of the five primetime games this year too. And uh, Mike, it looks like the last time they met head to head was in 2017. You were with the with them in 2014 and 15, uh, two victories to the Chiefs there whenever you were on the team. So congratulations there. Yeah. You know, it's a tough place to play. And when you look at the game, it's a pro mm-hmm. on Thursday night in October. So it's going to be cold. Yeah, it'll be cold. You know, this will be their first. It's going to be cold there, guys. I mean, it's it's no joke. Uh, uh, that's pretty, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the 40s or 30s up there at that point in time. So it'll be a challenge for them. It'll probably be the first time they have to deal with cold weather. And that team's built a lot like the teams that I played with in the Jets that we were good, 2009, 2010. Very gritty, good defense, uh, not going to make a ton of mistakes, uh, can run the football. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I agree. If they're, again, I still think Kansas City's the, the better team. I'm going to give them the win. But uh, if there's a game outside of Baltimore – uh, that's another to say, okay, this could be a W or it could be an L. Uh, you know, this wouldn't be one of those ones I'd be shocked if they went up there and lost that game. Yeah. As a player, how, 
you know, when, when you get your opponents, like the Chiefs knew months ago that they had to go to Buffalo. How excited would you have been when you got the schedule and saw this game was in October and not December? <laughs> so I'm, I like the cold weather. That's why I live up here. Yeah, in Maine, so I would have been excited to have it in, uh, have it February 1st, you know, but, uh, um, but yeah, no, I mean, especially for a team like Kansas city, they're so speed oriented. You want those guys firing on all cylinders. You don't want, you know, Tyree kill worried about getting cold in his hammies or anything like that. I mean, you want those guys moving a hundred miles an hour. So certainly you're going to want to play Buffalo earlier in the season. That way you don't have to deal with those elements. Uh, but as a big guy, especially at 320 pounds when I was out there, I wouldn't have mind having that bad boy in December <laughs> at night. Yeah. Um, then the Chiefs come home. They have about 10 days, kind of the mini-buy, um, and then go to Denver, another division game, division rival, second-year quarterback, Drew Locke, who is a Kansas City guy, grew up here and went to Lee Summit High School. And so, how? Uh, what's your take on this Broncos game? First, first meeting with the Broncos this season. Do you? I, I guess I'm not sure. Maybe I haven't followed them as much as I should have. I'm just. I'm. I'm not sure what to think of the Broncos. I, I don't know. Every year I seem to get them wrong. Um, I always. I think the past couple of years I felt. I thought they were going to be better than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know yeah. what to make of them. I know they lost their center to, to New York, who's obviously a key piece in that offensive line. So you look at that when you have another, when you have a young quarterback to lose his center like that, um, you know, that, that hurts. Uh, but I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as familiar with them as far as I just don't, I don't know what kind of team they have. So it's a, it's a divisional game. You obviously got to be ready to, to get their best shot. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I'm not, I'm not well, quite sure what, what Denver is. They did add another piece from Mizzou, uh, one of Drew Locke's receivers. I uh, can't remember who it was. T- uh, they drafted a tight end. Yeah, tight end. From Mizzou. So that'll that'll make Drew feel really comfortable. I think Drew Locke's going to be a great quarterback and have a great career too. Hmm. Yeah, but again, though, he's not going to have that opportunity to mm-hmm. work with his guy until – uh, now, now these games are talking more middle of the season, so these teams will have been used to each other, you know, or be used yeah. to playing with each other by this point. But uh, you know, it could be could be a little bit of a rocky start just because he hasn't had time to to get his communication to get his timing right with his with his guys. Um, but yeah, but no, I mean, I, I have heard people say good things about Locke. Uh, I need to follow Denver more closely. It is one of those those teams you just I, I seem to not care very much about. Yeah, I I. You know, I, I didn't follow them much, um, you know, but with Drew Locke, my, the head coach that I work for currently at, at Shawnee Mission East, he's a quarterback guy, and he's been Drew Locke's quarterback coach since he was coming out of elementary school. So, obviously, I hear a lot about, you know, Denver and, and kind of what's going on when, when we talk. And so, you know, them adding Jerry Judy from, from Alabama, Locke's excited about that. But, I mean, you're right. He hasn't been able to work with his receivers – um, you know, he's still working on his throwing and, and all those things, but but absolutely not being able to work with his guys is, is going to be a tough obstacle to overcome. And their offensive line has been spotty too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't yeah. – they've struggled up front and they lost their, their center, which I think he was a – I think pretty sure he was a really good player. So um, when you have a young quarterback who hasn't been around his, his guys and now you've, you've got that, that offensive line that's a little bit spotty up front, that's just a recipe for disaster. 
<laughs> Definitely. Yeah, um, so I'm picking. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So I'm I'm going. Plus, the reason one reason I'm going to pick uh, Chiefs get a W here is uh, Andy Reid gets uh, was it it's ten days between games. So I'm going to say W for Chiefs mm. on this one. Yeah, and yeah, a team he's going to be familiar with. And a team in, in a division game. So um, then the mm-hmm. Chiefs get your other former team, the New York Jets, here in Kansas City. Uh, you know, do you do you still follow the Jets and kind of know what's kind of what's going on with them? Yeah, I I do. I, I, if I have two, you know, to my two loves are Kansas City and New York, and so blessed to play for both organizations. And I uh, I like their draft pick, that offensive tackle that they got from Louisville. Yeah. You guys know it. Left tackle outside of quarterback, left tackle is the most important position on the mm-hmm. offense. And so to get that big guy in there to set the tone, I mean, he's a mauler. I'm, I'm skipping on his name right now. Um, but he's a, he's a mauler and uh, athletic big guy. So to have that that guy in there to protect Sam Darnold, that's that's huge. Uh, you're getting Le'Veon Bell back. Uh, you got an offense that I – or a defense that I watched on film this offseason and – you know, you might not have some stellar name. Obviously, you have C.J. Mosley, you have guys like that. But they're really um, aggressive and violent, and they, they play the game violent. It's something I didn't recognize during the season last year that I didn't pick up on until I watched them uh, in the offseason is how explosive and violent they are up front. And so certainly a Greg Williams defense there. Uh, and you're getting C.J. Mosley back healthy. You're getting the other linebacker back healthy, Avery. Um, and so I, I think New York could have a have a good year. Now they're coming out to Arrowhead, um, and so uh, never never easy playing out there on the road in Arrowhead. Uh, so it depends on how Sam Darnold's doing. Obviously, he's the key. And you, you talk to anybody in New York, and he's uh, he's their franchise guy. Everybody really has a lot of confidence in him uh, to make the plays, and, and they put some more weapons around him. So it's all about how's his confidence? Uh, is he playing at the highest level? possible um, that they think he's capable of in New York. It's really difficult. It's not an easy place to be a quarterback as you guys know, because Mm -hmm. you get down one game and that, that fan base is going to be on you. They, they hold you to a high standard. And if you're an emotional guy, you're a guy that can't handle the criticism. New York is, is hell on wheels. And so uh, we'll see because, you know, this is, I believe Sam Donald's third season at the helm. He's going to have to start producing. And it's not going to be, well, he doesn't have the weapons. I mean, he better start producing or that, that fan base, that organization, they're going to get frustrated quick. And, and is he going to be able to handle that mental? Another, another question to ask. I would have to say probably, and you would know for sure, pretty pretty similar fan bases, right? Working class kind of guy in, in New York and with the Jets and the Chiefs, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think they are similar in that sense. Very tough, hardworking, blue-collar fan bases, no question. I think the difference is, Kansas City will give you a little bit more grace. You know, Kansas City is gonna <laughs> gonna root you on, gonna cheer you on, uh, and even when you get you know you get down, they're gonna still be there to support you. In in New York, you know, it's I'm I'm a New Yorker. My family's New Yorker, so I get it. Like it's <laughs> there's very uh, uh, there's not a lot of patience for uh, uh, bad football. So they're gonna they're gonna give it to you. They're gonna give it to you quick if you're not. Uh, you know, I remember. I remember times playing in New York where we would get down a touchdown and the stands would be booing us you know, <laughs> already. Uh, the fans would be booing us. So New York is a, is a tough place to play. It's a tough, it's a great fan base. Some of the best people I've ever been around, but they're New Yorkers and they're going to, they're going to give it to you when they're not afraid to express 
when they're disappointed. And so uh, that's why it takes a special person to be a quarterback in New York to have all that pressure uh, pressure on you. So can Sam Donald handle that uh, and deliver this year? Because I know they're counting on Hear that? Yep. I got the Chiefs coming out a W on that game. Um, but like you said, we'll, we'll, by that time, we'll kind of know what Sam Darnold is. Uh, next game is uh, Carolina Panthers um, at Arrowhead. Uh, new quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. New coach, um, Mike, Mike Rule. Yep. Ruley? Matt Rule, Rule from uh, Baylor. Matt Rule, that's right, from Baylor. Uh, so new coach uh, plus new quarterback. Um, so by that time, but by this time that game happens, they'll be, uh, they'll be kind of uh, kind of gelled and, and kind of have, have worked together quite a bit. Um, uh, my common theme for the Chiefs is I'm probably going to pick them to go 8-0 at home this year. Uh, so I'll go ahead and pick them to win against the Panthers this year. Uh, Mike, one question, you know, I, I kind of have a, around this team, and, you know, you, you can probably answer that for us, even though the, the coaches you played for had NFL pedigrees. You know, with, with Matt Rule coming from being uh, a – He's he's froze up again. Is he froze? Okay. Uh, Carolina Panthers, you know, Matt Rule coming from Baylor. Um, that's what I was going to kind of talk about. And But, uh, anyway, I think the Chiefs get this win. Then they have the bye week. Then they travel to Las Vegas – to play the Raiders, you know, first time the Chiefs going to that stadium. Um, you know, one thing I was kind of going to ask Mike about too was, is, is he back there, Jim? Uh, no. Um, was, uh, you know, just kind of the, the difference in, you know, there's, there's a lot more temptations in Las Vegas than, you know, maybe some of these other cities <laughs> you visit uh, as a yeah, player. But I think Andy Reid will do a good job and, and treat him, you know, treat the guys like men and, Expect them to know they got to go and take care of business the next day. Yeah, I think they will. Um, another thing is too is Andy Reid's record off a of bye week, really uh, good. Yeah, it's like it's like over ninety percent. It's insane. Uh, so we're going to give them the Dubba W um, at Las Vegas. Yes. So next up is uh, at Tampa Bay. Yes, and this is a game I wanted to spend some time on. Uh, you know that, that quarterback that we mentioned earlier has traveled south. Uh, going to play in Tampa Bay now. So I really feel like the the old Tampa Bay you can't you can't think and you can't talk about them that much with now that you know you have Tom Brady and and obviously getting Gronk one of his best weapons in there immediately gives them credibility I think across the league. Uh, that's true. Um, that's true. One thing I'll say is uh, I actually have I think Tampa Bay's gonna make the Super Bowl this year uh, with Brady. Tough division. NFC's tough, whatever. Um, Tampa Bay actually had number five defense last year, even with Winston throwing 30 interceptions. Um, so I got to say, if they bring in a guy that's not going to throw 30 interceptions, he's going to throw – he's probably going to throw like um, somewhere between six and ten. Um, so that's where Brady's at right now. But I'll say this, uh, the Chiefs, for some reason, um, trend-wise, do not play well in Florida. Terrible, terrible at Miami, terrible at Tampa. So this is a L – uh, we're going to go to Tampa, and we're going to get a big old L because the Chiefs, for some reason, do not do good in Florida unless uh, – until later in the year when it is the Super Bowl and we win. Um, <laughs> then it, but, but this time they just – regular season-wise, no. Nah, it ain't going to happen. We're going we're gonna to pick up an L, and then we're going to use the experience to uh, beat them in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that is the city that is hosting the Super Bowl, and the stadium the Super Bowl is in. So, 
I get your point there that the Chiefs can kind of use it as a learning experience, you know, going to that stadium and experiencing, you know, hey, which hotel do we want to stay at when we come back in February? That's right. Which, uh, you know, end of January? That's right. Which, uh, you know, which locker room do we want to be able to use? You know, what kind of condition, you know, is the turf in and how, how is how, – where, where is our locker room? I mean, how far is our locker room from the field? You know, how many steps is it? How much time does it take to transition your team? You know, all, all those things a, a guy like Andy Reid is going to be taking note of, even though it's not his first time in Raymond James Stadium. It's his first time with this team. And so, I mean, absolutely. He'll use that as a learning experience. I mean, he's a pro's pro. He'll figure in any glitches that they have – you know, with with any of that stuff, the transportation, the hotel, he'll work it out so that when it's late January, early February, those problems are taken care of. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I have to agree with that too. I mean, um, so and not that there will be any problems, but I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. Andy Reid's going to use it as a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's going to be an interesting game too, and I think everybody in the country is going to be watching that one. Yeah, uh, Brady Mahomes. So, and uh, I mean, I honestly, I would not be. You know, I would not be shocked either if the Chiefs went to Tampa and lost that game. Um, excuse me, with Tom Brady at the anytime, helm down there. Yeah, anytime you lose. And, and I mean, no, I'm not saying they're going to, but you know, it, it would not shock me. You know, when when I say 12 and four, this is one of those four that, yeah, that me I too. can see. I got my other fourth one picked up. Yeah, it's not so, next game. Uh, then, next game is Denver. Denver at home, prime time. Chiefs take care of business at home in Arrowhead. Yep. You know, we've already talked about the Broncos earlier, so yep. Again, Chiefs Chiefs win the game. So I got him going eight and eight and at home, and I think uh, I think uh, that'll be an interesting game too because the Chiefs typically start off actually all, all, all the like all these W's that they had posted up um, uh, the last two. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry, it's the last three. Mahomes actually, you know, Mahomes has started off slow in all of them. Uh, even the, even the snow game, he started off a little bit slow, or uh, and, and, and then got it going. Um, but one thing about primetime games with Mahomes is actually he usually starts off pretty slow um, for whatever reason. Playoff games starts off a little bit slow. Um, so he'll start off slow and it'll make everybody kind of think like, oh, God, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, he'll come back fine. in and, and uh, we'll put it on him. Uh, we're not, you know, it's not going to be 40 to zero, but it'll be like because they're a well-coached team and they got a good quarterback. So it'll be kind of like those those scores you saw there, 23-10, 24-10, you know, something like that. So um, Denver at home is a dub. Uh, at Miami, uh, noon game, you know, traveling to Miami. Miami, again, is going to be an improved team this year, I, I think. Um, you know, but I, I think the Chiefs go down there and take care of business. I think Chiefs go to Florida and they lose uh, regular season. This will be one of the games where you look at and you just go, I don't know how we lost because um, usually uh, yeah, there's teams – Teams that it happens to. Um, usually, every team, every every team in the NFL, even the good ones, has they have a loss where they just look at it and they go, "Well, how do we? How did that happen?" Yeah, um, happened last year. Um, I mean, if you look over the the run of New England over the last fifteen years, I think at Miami is the place they've struggled the most. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even sure why they yeah. shouldn't they shouldn't have not have lost that game. Miami had some bad teams. <laughs> they should in, not have lost time. that game last year. But yeah, um, I mean. So weird things do happen, you know, in, in Miami. Yeah. So I got I got Chiefs going down there, getting an L, uh, no particular reason other than that regular season, Florida, 
and then just it, that might be one of the games where you just go, what the heck? We we something happened. I don't know what's going on, but we lost and and we, okay, we got to get back on the we got to get it back on it. We got to get going. So yep. Uh, next game after that is at the Saints uh, in a dome, which will be a really really awesome game. Um, I wish it was a primetime game. It's it looks like it's an afternoon game. Yeah, it could get flexed. I mean, yeah. it's late enough in the season that it could get flexed. It actually, looks like we haven't played them for a while. But I have the uh, I have the Chiefs getting the dub against Drew Brees. See, th- this is this is one of my four um, that I could see the Chiefs going to New Orleans and losing. E- even though Patrick Mahomes is is the up and comer, he's the best quarterback in the league right now today. Uh, yes, I'm saying that on the air. Best quarterback in the league today, right now. If I got to take any of these guys, even with my love for Lamar Jackson, I'm taking Mahomes over any of them. That's yeah, not a stretch. It's um, okay. It's okay to say that. Yeah, and I, I love Drew Brees. Also, I mean, you you know this. I've talked about it a lot on the show. Big fan of Drew Brees and what he's done in New Orleans. And so I just I, I think that it's going to kind of be a statement game for him. Uh, you know, to look at. And say I'm I'm gonna show the young guy one more time that I'm still hanging around, you know I'm not done yet. So, I mean, would you be absolutely shocked if Chiefs lost at New Orleans December twentieth? No, no, because like I said, it is Drew Brees that I have a lot of love for. Um, I love Drew Brees a lot. I think he's got this year, maybe next year, and I think he's gonna retire. Um, He's a Hall of Famer, uh, Super Bowl champion. Um, stay, you know, he's, uh, you know, New Orleans loves him and he's stayed with, with that team. Uh, him and Sean Payton have, have basically been one of the best, you know, the, the best, the best coach, coach player duo or coach quarterback duo is probably Belichick and Brady. Um, and then the second you can think of in the last 10 years is definitely, I would say probably Peyton, Peyton and Breeze. Um, yeah. and so, you know, it's when you're going down there and you're playing a legend and you're playing a hall of famer. Um, you know, you got a potential to lose. I think Chiefs get the W. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, but I definitely, I definitely respect your opinion as far as the the loss because it's on the it's an NFL road game against mm-hmm. an elite quarterback, so uh, it could be an L. Yes. So Kansas City, don't hate me. I mean, I'm they won't. I, told, I, mean, four, I said right? they were going to. I, I said they're going to lose to Miami. So don't worry about you that. You know, and and I would say if they lose to Miami, then I would probably change that. To a win, I don't see them losing back-to-back games. I hear that. Yeah, and I think there's, like I said, there's... I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if they lost to Miami because weird things happen down there for whatever reason. Um, yeah, they win the Super Bowl, but uh, they yeah. don't do well during the regular season. So, but uh, and then uh, they have Atlanta here at home. Atlanta, you know, we we've talked about it a ton. They still have not recovered from twenty-eight to three. Isn't that crazy? Uh, three year, three years later, right? This will be the third year since then. Yeah, maybe so. Three or four. Uh, I mean, honestly, like it's it's a crazy because when you actually look at their roster, the roster is good. Similar. I mean, and the roster is still good. got Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. You got they added uh, um still got Julio Jones. Yeah, Julio Jones. They added the running back. Uh, um, uh, they added Todd Gurley. Yeah. Uh, which, if he's healthy, he's a he's a he's, he's a, a beast, a total weapon. Um, you know, in a really, really, really good division uh, in the NFC South. That's going to be – I mean, all four of those teams are really nice. Um, you know, so, you know, I got to say that I, the reason well, the reason why I won't analyze it too much, the reason I'll pick Chiefs to win is because it's at home, and I, that's why I'll give them the W on that. 
Yep. And then they wrap up the season, the regular season, uh, week 17 against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, another division game here at home. Excuse me. I think that the Chiefs win this one. The only way that I, I see the Chiefs dropping this game is if everything is wrapped up. Right. They have the number one seed, and they they decide to take a bye. You know, or not not take a bye, but sit sit a few key guys. You know, sit sit some starters. Yeah. So yeah. But I think if there's which. I think that will change this year because the playoffs are expanding, and so only your number one seed gets to buy. And so I don't see it getting wrapped up as early as it has in the past. Yeah. And so I think it's going to make for some more meaningful Week 17 games with these teams still in the hunt. So, yeah. But, I, I mean, I got them winning, like I said, unless just everything's wrapped up and yeah. they sit some guys. Yeah, and I actually agree with them that I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, the only way I see the only way the Chiefs getting a, a loss here is if they start Chad Henney and then they sit, you know, two they sit a couple of the receivers. Um, Kelsey sits out, they rest some of the O linemen. Um, depends on how many guys are on the roster at this time, but you know, stuff like that. Um, so I mean, I, but I do if you have, you know, if if uh, if everything's going, you know, if, if the, this is a meaningful game, I got the Chiefs winning um, mm-hmm. to close out the season. I to close uh, out the regular season. What's the over under on uh, the Don Shula, um, <laughs> Marty, or you know, Don Shula, Andy Reid? Uh, you know, maybe maybe Don passed the baton to Andy this year, and he can have that undefeated season. What's <laughs> the over under on an undefeated season? You think? I don't. Uh, I don't know what the odds are on that, but I would bet against it. I, I would, I would it depends on. I just think it's too I'd tough. Put five yeah. bucks on it. <laughs> I yeah. If you were, if you were giving me like plus, like plus like four hundred, or plus five hundred, to where like every dollar I bet I could win five. Like <laughs> I would take. I would take. I would start thinking about taking that. I don't know how much I'd yeah. put on that. Probably ten bucks or, or twenty bucks. Yeah, maybe ten bucks. But like I would do that. Plus plus four or five hundred. Um, because when you look, there's a there's a case to be made for every single game. But it is so hard to do that in the NFL. Yeah. Especially, I mean, oh, yeah, everybody's I mean, coming for you as the Super Bowl champion. I don't think we'll ever see it again. No, I don't think so. The NFL's actually done a really good job of creating a really good parity well, as far as, like, the way the draft goes I, and then also salary cap. Yeah, you, you bring up parity. I, w- I want to go back, you know, that you got that Grandview helmet behind us here that, that I brought in today from our – I thought that was Green Bay. Our high school days, no, Jim and stuff. Is that old? It's an old Grandview That's helmet. Grand days helmet. there. Um, Come on, man! But I, I want to. You, you brought a parody in the NFL. Actually, as a sophomore in high school, Mister Gustafson. Can you put that on English class? Um, I <laughs> oh, wrote can't put a paper about parody in the NFL. Really? So even way back then, there was a lot of parody in the NFL. Yes, as a sophomore in high school, so. Shout out to Mr. Gustafson, Dean Gustafson, and uh, that sophomore English class, um, you know, and him having to read my writing, which, you know, is never very good. I think it might have been one of the first papers I ever actually typed on a computer and printed out to turn in. Old school. Yeah, so, yeah. Gary, yes, Gary kids. Got, and he actually, he actually uh, just, just, we're talking about Dean, he actually retired. He retired this last year. Really he like he retired ago. a few years ago. No, Dean did. No, I'm yeah, thinking Mr. of. Gustafson. I'm thinking of. 
Never mind. The I'm, other coach G. I'm thinking. No, I'm not even thinking of the other coach G. I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of who was the AD? Oh, Robertson. I'm thinking of Robertson. Yeah, Coach Robertson just retired a couple years ago. Never mind. But, well, Gary did get a haircut, so that helmet might fit now. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Um, <laughs> there's actually one more thing. Uh, this show's kind of oh, wrapping up. That's the up. one thing I brought up. Green Bay. I, I did want to ask Mike. He hadn't come back, but his thought on the Green Bay Packers first round draft pick. Yeah, Jordan Love. <laughs> You're basically telling Aaron Rodgers, like, yeah, you got like two years. Best tweet of the night you had. I was, I was like, you're so, they're so dumb. The one I mean, I s- you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl, and you draft a quarterback. Like, I don't even know. The reason the Chiefs go go grab Mahomes is because we lost our first game in the playoffs with Smith, and and like I love Alex Smith, but like that's why we did it. If if Smith had got us to AFC Championship, we probably actually wouldn't have taken Mahomes. Probably would have said. Man, Smith had his best career year ever. Like, let's go, let's roll. But instead, you lose in the, you know you lose in the divisional round, and you go in a game you shouldn't have lost, and you say, okay, we need a quarterback that can put up thirty. And so, anyway, but but that's whatever. Yep. Uh, one thing actually I uh, wanted to bring up while we're we're closing the show out, and we didn't get to ask Devito about barbecue. Yeah. Um, but maybe we can tweet at him or something. Uh, one thing I want to close the show out with is I do I do like boxing. And I have seen that Mr. Mike, Mike Tyson, it's all over social media. Mike mm-hmm. Tyson actually is making, is making some sort of comeback where he's actually going to fight. Um, whether okay. or not it's 12-round fights. Is this going to be WWE No, style? this is no, for this real is boxing. boxing. So he's been working so, out. I actually, I, I've watched his. He watched Rocky, the last one, that one Rocky. He all, no, I'll tell you what, and that what one Rocky. That one? When he came, when he was like fifty years old. And yeah, and you know what? In the ending, you didn't that they didn't put in theaters. He wins, and so Mike Tyson's got a shot. But Mike so Tyson, Mike Tyson saw that version. Mike Tyson saw the, <laughs> he saw the DVD or Blu-ray version. I, what it is is Mike Tyson's actually is um, wanting to put on exhibition fights for charity mm-hmm. um, to get to like so people you know they the tickets they donate money. Um, so we actually are maybe possibly getting because uh, Holyfield said he's actually down so that we may get a tyson holyfield three which is only four rounds because these guys are in their 50s yeah are you down to watch that if it costs if it costs like five bucks to I, w- I will i will say this i have seen some of the the training videos that have been put out by mike tyson or his camp his i'm publicist. i'm beyond i'm hype. not stepping in the ring with a 50 what is he 53 54? 53 53 uh i'm not stepping in the ring with 53 year old mike tyson the way he's swinging those hands um he, he I'm not w- getting punched. I saw the hangover. He's still got it. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we he lo- no, he the- behind you there to come out and, and do a yeah. – uh, I mean, the deal but- is he looks like he's – like our, like the way he's throwing and the way he's moving his hips. I was like, dude, the dude, looks, looks, like, the dude looks like mid-30s. So, yes, if Mike oh, Tyson – it's, it's a really impressive video. If Mike Tyson – yeah, if Mike Tyson comes out of retirement and there is a fight, if it's him and Holyfield, if it's not sixty, um, like you know what I mean, if it's not sixty bucks, like if yes. it's like five ten bucks, maybe maybe hey, uh, I tell you maybe we should watch good. it and then live stream us watching it. I you know what at at that point if I'm going like in with people to watch this, yeah, I'm so down. If it's like thirty dollars, I'm in. I'm in for oh, yeah. five or ten bucks, and I I will split it with somebody. Maybe we go old school like I would we totally used to watch it with WWE pay per views back in the day. We have, oh, together, yeah. Everybody throws in five or ten bucks, and then we order pizza too. And ten bucks, ten bucks. Out. You get you get five dollars goes towards the pay per view, 
And then the other five, five goes, goes towards a little, pizza? little Caesars or Pizza Hut. Yeah. I would totally go for that. Remember we used to call the, the 913-648-8888. And then, yeah, and you do that. Show up with my dad, my dad's house with pizza. And, and now know. I'm old enough to where we can also have beer, too. Yeah. So this sounds we like, did not. Hey, this actually sounds like a really good time. I, I do want to throw that out there. We did not have alcoholic beverages at those parties. No, we, we did. No, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, actually, you did. you this is know. not just TV talk. This there was no alcoholic beverages at those parties. You know, my parents were at the '85 World Series, and I invented the Red Solo Cup party. <laughs> you're, in, you're the inventor. <laughs> well, there you go. I've been Tulsa. Um, they're in Kansas City. Credits Breaking to news. Jim for that. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I'm all I, here's, in for here's the Mike Tyson deal. Here's what I would love to have seen: a Tommy Morrison and. Tyson rematch, but I mean, it can't happen. But wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't mean like that, back in the day with like pr- like in wouldn't their that prime? be fun? Yeah, yeah that I think that would have been really cool. That would have drawn some attention too. Also, yeah. you know, I, I will say this: if anyone from Tyson's camp is listening, contact the Hy-Vee Arena, and I'm sure they would be glad to host a fight between you and anyone. If it if it's Holyfield, which that one would probably be bigger than this arena, but maybe there's a local Kansas City guy. You know that that people would like to see. I'm not familiar with Kansas City boxing, but maybe there's somebody they'd like to see. I'm sure Hyvie Arena, you know, w- would be glad. Just go to HyvieArena.com and you can send out that that email or the, the phone number there and book this arena. And I'll tell you what, if you book the Hyvie Arena, I I will personally cover it for free. 50, 50, oh, I thought you were going to say like, I will per box hour. someone. I'm like, sweet. I will I will waive I will waive my fee. My appearance fee that I charge uh, to be at that event is that, is that, and to cover it. Is that one mixed drink? Is that your, your – uh, I, I don't discuss my fee two, on the air. It's two. But it's two. I will waive my Jim, fee two. My fee to, to cover it's that two event. two doubles. Why don't, why don't you pay the $55 an hour to rent per court? So, you know. Well, I ain't paying that. Gary said he's going to pay that. Hey, it's six bucks anybody anytime, and I hopefully yes. hopefully anybody anytime opens up soon. Yeah, it'll be sooner yeah, than I, later. I think but. I saw maybe a May fifteenth or something, May eighteenth. I think the I think the the workout gym will open. Okay, okay. There's so you can come in and start to work out, but we can't we can't hoop yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. So, but we'll we'll keep you updated. Check HyveyArena dot com uh, for all that information. If as, as some sports are beginning to talk about reopening, for example, Major League Baseball, they've proposed a thing for July 1st. Um, players are voting on that today uh, as we're recording. But uh, as high school events start to happen, if there's going to be summer baseball and they want, you know, if they want to do it without fans, whatever, um, contact Jim Bly at uclicktv.com to work on getting some camera crews and announcers out there so that that can be broadcast. Um, and no, you know, he, he's probably not going to waive his fee, but, you know, you, you can contact him. You know, you can contact him. I've been waiving my fee for the last two months. I know. So, you know, you know um, but contact him. If, if you're hosting, hosting any kind of event that you would like broadcast, I mean, even you've done high school graduations before. Uh, you've done sporting events, all kinds of sporting events. So if you want an event covered. That Princess you, of America pageant. There you go. And sure. Miss, and the Mrs. America sure. Pageant, yes, he's done it all. So if you have an event yeah. that you would like covered because fans cannot be in attendance or there's a limited number of fans. I'm force you guys to go to the Princess of America pageant with me one time and run camera. 
<laughs> um, smile, so contact Jim Bly at uclicktv.com uh, <laughs> to talk to him about you, you know pricing and, and whatever to get that event covered. That's Austin right there. There's Austin. Hey, yeah, Austin, be Vanna. Say if you would like to donate anything to our new oh, wall, yeah. we we would love sportsman. Oh be, yes, be Vanna, be Vanna. So behind me, we got these whatever shelves they were wine uh, whatever what what was it before they were wine racks at the 75th and state line high v liquor store i like okay Okay. cool they look great (laughs) and the thing is we've got some helmets and got some memorabilia stuff in there if you want to donate anything and you want any kind of hat whatever i mean we'll we'll put it up we'll put it up here and we'll show it off get a lids contract Um, yeah yeah let's get a lids contract going i've been saying that you need to sponsor me yeah, well, I mean, we're literally like promote whatever hats up here right yes. now. We have just a bunch of like, of Gary's. You see like, any good books back there? Yeah, a bunch like of Gary's read? hats, and then like a golf hat, and then like a, a Grandview football hat or Grandview football helmet that Jim keeps saying is Green Bay. Uh, and we've got a picture of Goldberg and some other stuff. So it'll start filling up with some other cool stuff that we have. So yeah, if you want to donate a, anything? Else, go there, for it. If you are a high school, you know, in the metro area, that either you click TV has covered or will cover in the future. And you want your helmet back here or anywhere in the studio. Yeah. Or anywhere in the studio. Just again, reach out to that email, Jim Bly, you click TV.com and uh, you know, he can set it all up where you can donate some uh, memorabilia or a helmet or a hat, whatever into the studio. So that don't, don't sit here and say, well, you're only repping certain schools. Well, you know, yeah, we're repping schools that I had things on hand at home. Jim had things we're on hand. We're repping one school right now. Well, now there's a Rockers golf hat up there. Yeah. yeah. And the Shawnee Mission East yeah, hat right up there. there. Yeah. There's a Grandview helmet. So if you want your high school represented, just, again, contact Jim Blight, uclicktv.com, and we'll get you – we'll get we'll get something in here. I'm excited about the new football show we're going to do on Friday nights with you on the sidelines. We're going to – we're going to um, – pre-game we're gonna let you uh host a show i'm gonna be mic'd up or something you're you're gonna host the show in pre-game warm-ups at shiny mission east games <laughs> i don't, I don't I know if i that. sign up for that <laughs> i love that you i don't know if i sign up at this point i just want to be able to play um uh, i just want to be able to coach it's not looking good nah, i mean uh, it's the yeah. sooner is not looking good yeah the sooner is not looking good um Keisha has said things can start june 1st but you know shiny mission east does not or Shawnee Mission School District has not uh, okayed that for us to start, so we're still waiting to hear, you know, what our start date will be, and um, that's about all I can say right now on when football will start. So I, I really don't know. But um, I want to thank Mike Devito again for joining us. You know, yep. I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what happened uh, with you know when we lost him, technical difficulties. His wife, his wife said, could have said enough. Yeah, she could have, um, you know, because we had him almost an hour and a half <laughs> when we lost him. So <laughs> I'm sure he probably, you know, maybe he didn't plan on that long. And if it was, then we apologize, uh, you know, if anything was on our end. But, Mike, if you want to come back on the show, just please reach out um, to Jim and we we'll get you back on. Chiefs game report, wrap-up report. Yeah. Every, after every game. Because we do need to get his favorite barbecue. So um, I, I found my favorite barbecue. You did? What's it, that? Yeah, it used to be uh, the the meat um, um, store there at 70 or 80th and State or Ward 
Ward Parkway, um, McGonagall's, which is now oh, Parkway. Wait, well, it used yeah. to be McGonagall. What did it's you just switch park, to? It's a uh, company I think out of Omaha brought, bought it, and now it's Parkway. And um, I went Wait, and what, what, wait what'd you say? Parkway. What happened? What? They got bought out. McGonagall's. McGonagall's did? Yeah. I didn't wow, know that. Beef's still good. I didn't know that. Beef, I'll tell you, I went and uh, bought a big tri uh, tip, kind of like a brisket there um, for Mother's Day and smoked it in my smoker. And my new favorite barbecue restaurant is the Bly BBQ. Nice. Oh. With some blue. Gotcha. Um, some did blues. you bring any sandwiches today? No, the dog got it. Oh. Gosh, dang. So really? Dog. There was like one, 15 bucks that dang dog on the counter. One oh, more thing before before I talk about DJ Showtime. Um, friend of the show, Liz Sowers, that we've actually had on twice. Um, once uh, is aired and can be found in the archives. The other time, unfortunately, <laughs> is lost. Uh, it's the Midwest Mike's Sorry. lost episodes. It was, it but was uh, my bad. Nah, it's all right. Uh, but anyway, she has been named head coach of a women's flag team that is starting at Ottawa University. Had no clue. Uh, I just, I, she tweeted about it I yesterday, I think, uh, you know, and I replied, um, but I did want to, you know, so I, I don't know a lot of details about it, like what their season, if it's a fall or spring or how that's exactly going to work. But, uh, you know, Hey, it's another, um, trail blazing female that, uh, you know, is a uh, head coach at the college level. And so women who may be interested in playing, uh, college flag football, you know, just follow along with our Twitter at Midwest Mikes, and when we have more details, we'll release them. And Liz has said she'll she'll come on the show. Is that a club sport or or is that a scholarship sport? I, it's got to be a club sport. I, I'm not I, sure. I don't know. I mean, it's Ottawa University. That's all I know. Um, not sure how many teams or what league or any of that. I, I have no other details. I just saw the tweet, and so I wanted to, you know, since she's a friend of the show and she's been good to us, just kind of give her a little shout out and. Yep. You know, she's a head coach at the collegiate level. Yep. So, congratulations. Um, DJ Showtime, always big supporter of the show. I talked to him the other day. I haven't got my check yet. Let him know. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know. I haven't got, I haven't got it either. Uh, he's uh, hopefully going to be back to DJing soon. He has no post-quarantine uh, post events booked yet. But things are starting to reopen. So, if you need – if you're going to throw a post-quarantine party – at your house and invite all your friends. DJ Showtime would be happy to DJ that event. Just uh, hit them up, 816-260-2056 or DJ KC Showtime on Instagram. Those are the best two places to reach him. And, uh, by the way, when you call him to book him, tell him, since you booked, now he needs to pay us. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. We just but, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> no. But uh, DJ Showtime, longtime supporter of the show, big friend. Um, I think next week we may try to have him on because it will be the anniversary of Owen Hart's death in this arena. Um, so we may try to talk about that some Dude, next week. We, we can set him up in the seat he sat in and V, v call him in. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> okay. maybe we'll work work on something for that. Hey man, recreate your Are reaction you, to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm watching the. Oh I'm watching the ghost. <laughs> but you know, um, Gary's trying to be all serious here. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it, it. No, I'm glad we can laugh. Not not necessarily about the death, but about the event. I mean, you know, I was watching on TV, but we'll get into that hey, more. Hey, come next in, week's the anniversary. Come in here at 12:01 a.m. 
No, I'm not doing that. Seriously, 12 or 1 a.m. No. Let's do it. May 19th. No. I, We're gonna, you're going to try to like, summon him? They're, they're, no, he's in the building. I don't want to do I'm sure He might be. I've I, heard I, I don't want no, I don't want no part of that. <laughs> I don't want to want hard ghost. All right. Anyway, so um, thanks for watching. Thank you again to Mike DeVito. I was really enjoying our conversation, uh, you know, when we kind of got cut off. Um, whatever great we, guy. You know, yeah, great guy. Uh, first time converse, conversing with him, but uh, great guest. And we always love having great guests. Part of on that the initial show. crew that Andy Reid brought in to yes. balance out this. What, what was it? One in what that first year? Two, no, no, they the, were like two and 14 the year two before. Two and 14 the year before. No, we're talking about opening up. 11. They, huh? 11 wins. But what was the start of the season? No, that was actually like they like, like nine and zero oh, that first that first Andy season. They're like nine and zero. Oh. It's like the yeah. third. It's the okay. third season. They go like one and one five. Yeah, and yeah one and five, straight, and then they, they won, won ten bunch. straight. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Mike Devito was a big part of that, and you know knew Bob Sutton, and so was brought to Kansas City to help teach that defense to the um, new guys that were uh, going to be learning it. So. Anyway, thanks again to him for giving us some time, and uh, hopefully we'll get to catch up with him again soon. And uh, I'm Gary. This is Austin. Jim's behind the scenes. We're Midwest Mics on Uclick TV. We'll see you next week. thinking about buying a lotto ticket maybe you know that one lucky dreamer won 9.7 million euro last month and maybe that makes a difference maybe you do maybe you don't if you're lucky you will lucky people buy the ticket the national lottery it could be you play responsibly play for fun at Velo Coffee, they love roasting fresh, flavorsome coffee that you can enjoy at home. Which is why they're so proud their award-winning Velo Tandem Coffee is now available in Aldi stores nationwide. Pick up a pack of Velo Whole Bean or Ground Coffee in Aldi. Or order your favorite Velo Roast online at velocoffee.ie. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Netzer.